Hello and welcome. This week, we are not a star to steer her by. What? This week, we are a load to contraband to fill her with. <laughs> and that is because we are on episode 184. Woo! Yay! No one else is wooing? Come on. Woo! I'll do that again. Do that again. Sorry, I, I don't even go here now. Give it to us again. We're too excited about the new title of the show. Also, it's, my, a, it's a great title. My Zoom seized up right as you said the. Oh, I no. Was, I was worried my Wi-Fi died again, but... All right, all right. I'm glad my, my joke burned everyone alive. <laughs> uh, no, we're on episode 184. Woo! Woo! I and do we're not covering, We are covering Starship Down and Little Green Men. <laughs> oh, God. As always, I am Ames. As usual, I am Caitlin. Occasionally, I am Jake. This is Colonel Champa. <laughs> and I'm Liz. Again. Liz is back. Wow. And Liz. You were here last week, too. Liz has abducted us all. We're heading to Roswell. Before, Before we go to Roswell, let's talk about Starship Down. Uh, these are two episodes that are purportedly Armin Shimmerman's, some of Armin Shimmerman's favorite episodes, so... It's easy it's to gonna see be why. A, it's gonna be a weird week. He's into some kinky-ass shit. So here we are on uh, episode Starship Down. We are helping James Cromwell, because he's back, with trade negotiations that Quark has fucked up when all of a sudden the Jem'Hadar swoop in and start attacking the Karama ship. Kar- Karama? Karama? Kar- uh, I think it's... I was paying attention to you. You know, I can't Karama? remember either. I think it's Karama. I think it was Karama. Yeah. I know we've heard of them a bunch of times now. You've we know seen them. Wasn't, weren't they the guys that had, like, the jewelry fetish? Or was that a different people? I have no idea what you're referring oh, to. Oh, the guy that wanted to the buy, wanted um, to buy uh, Kira's, Kira's earring. earring. Oh, maybe. I think that was maybe one of them, yeah. It might have been. I certainly assumed Possibly. it was. Yeah, that was, it? yeah. Well, this one is James Cromwell, because he's always, he's always a delight. His name in the episode is Hanok. We're being attacked by the Jem'Hadar. We all go hide in the atmosphere of this gas giant, and the whole episode turns into a submarine movie. Uh, basically, everyone gets separated uh, in, a, in a move like TNG's episode Disaster, except this one doesn't have any children in it, so it's about 100 times better. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we end up breaking up into the, all these little individual subplots, some of which are better than others. We start off, we have Ensign Shamu is on the case. As Worf and O'Brien are tasked with using uh, echolocation to find where the ships are, because they have to blow up the right ships and save the Karama ship. And Worf, in in all of his subplot, learns many leadership (laughs) lessons. In the Kira subplot, she is tasked with keeping Sisko alive after he sustains a concussion, and she has tons and tons of feels about him being the emissary. And they kind of discuss that a lot. Quark and Hanok, meanwhile, are mostly bickering for most of the episode until I started wondering if they were going to actually do anything with them when suddenly, oh fuck, they have to disarm a torpedo that has Kool-Aid manned into their (laughs) room. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh man, that's two good ones in like five minutes. No, Ames is on a fucking roll today. Everything is good. They're on a roll. Yeah, so luckily they, they use Quark's instincts and luck to not blow up the fucking Defiant. The Julian subplot is my favorite of all because he's tasked with snuggling Judzia without getting a boater, which is the hardest part. 
<laughs> no pun the intended. The boner is the hardest part? Mm. <laughs> In the end, they all survive, they all do, do their parts, and they all win, except for Kira, who was forced to watch a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> Would Bajorans like baseball? I feel like we had this discussion like two weeks ago. Or a week yeah, ago. Well, I, I, here's the thing, like, terrible. Or, actually, that might have gotten cut because then we ended up talking about baseball for a really long time. Their planet seems, like, really underdeveloped, so it might be the most amazing thing they've ever seen. Hmm. Truthfully. I feel like yeah, they... it's one of those it's one of those easy sports because you don't need a lot of stuff to put together a game. You just need a bat and a ball and a space. I feel like they'd really be into a violent sport. American gladiators. They, would, they could mm. make it violent. That's true. They could. Baseball's already pretty violent. It's whipping balls at each other and then beating each other with bats. Well, well, not each other. It anyway. doesn't have as many fights as like you know hockey, but. If you accidentally hit a batter... Okay, th this is literally almost the exact conversation I had to cut, <laughs> so let's not do this again. Well, whose okay. fault is that? C hours for having a really long, boring conversation about baseball. It's baseball's fault for being so boring. That's actually true. true. So before mm. we like really get into the meat of this, there is one thing I have to say. I fucking love the chutzpah on Cisco. Because, like, let's be honest... Every time they've dealt with Jem'Hadar so far, they have either had their asses handed to them, or they've only managed to, like, get away with it because there was a larger battle going on around them that they were able to kind of hide in. So when these two ships shows up, show up, and he's just like, you motherfuckers stand down, it's like, you have no basis for this level of confidence, and this is why you're amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then they wallop him real hard. Yes. And he's left he's left the entire rest of the episode with nothing to do except flutter his eyes constantly. Yep, but I guarantee you if he ran into them again, he would still be like, You stand down. <laughs> oh, it is so unearned. <laughs> Beautiful. Do we want to jump off from there to talk about how awesome the scenes between Cisco and Kira were? They were they were lovely. Yeah. It was really beautiful. I like, I like cause I feel like there hadn't it hadn't really it's it's a relationship that hasn't really been unpacked before season four. Yeah, we um we saw Kira kind of talk to him about how she absolutely believes in him as the emissary a few weeks ago. Was it third season, maybe? Late third, I feel like, yeah. Maybe mid-third. So, like, we already know it's a thing, but this is the first time they've really gotten into it in depth. Yeah. That was the one with the, with the omen and the three vipers and shit, right? Yes. Yep. Yes, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, that's the episode Beryl died, right? No. no, no, no. That that was before. Was around that time, but not that episode. Well, we we find out that there's like actually a holiday on yeah. Bajor for celebrating the emissary's arrival. Which yeah, they put tomorrow. this holiday, this whole traditional thing together in it must be like three years, three mm -hmm. or four years, because we're you know how long ago did we learn he's the emissary? Yeah, beginning of first season. So suddenly they have, oh, we've decided that we have all these traditions, we have to do this fasting thing, we have to go to this parade. The emissary never comes to them, and that's sad. <clears throat> hmm. That's actually pretty interesting for a religion, because consider how long, like, Catholicism still did services in Latin well after people had any idea what the Latin was. Mm. The fact that this is, like, a very quickly evolving, living, breathing religion is actually kind of interesting. The poor George just needed another excuse to make themselves suffer with another another uh, fasting season or something. 
I mean, See, that's have, why they'd like baseball. It does have some <laughs> real-world parallels, because I forget what it's called. You know, and I apologize in advance. But, like, there is a oh, Jewish for... holiday, you know, in regards to the Holocaust and all that. So, I mean... I think it's called Holocaust Remembrance Day, in fact. I mean, you can definitely create create new holidays. Yeah. You know, Hallmark does it, like... 40 times a year. Yeah. <laughs> Christianity's just kind of like, we got ours, we're good. Yeah, well, Hallmarks worships more at the altar of consumerism, so that's a that's an ever-changing religion. By the way, happy First Cousin Once Removed Day to everyone. <laughs> Thank you. I hope that's true. I really hope that on Bajor, there's like, you can buy like plush Ben Sisko's of varying quality. Oh, yay. Oh like, there's and there's really, knockoffs. Really- like, really, really good mass-produced ones, and then, like, decent, like, Etsy shop ones, and then just, like, really bad ones. So it, so it's like Captain Picard Day, when Riker had the little puppet of Picard to play with. Kind of, yeah. The little puppet. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that that little puppet is a better actor than Jonathan Brakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good callback. I love you, Caitlin. It's, it's funny because it's going to be several weeks after we've released Total Recall 2. Yeah. I know, but I listened to that one today, so... <laughs> that's it's great. Fresh. It's a great movie. But yeah, no, they were they were good. I liked the, uh, you know, the story of the brothers and all that. Yeah, that was a very familiar story, too. Like It's probably based on a real... Yeah, something some folklore. I, I'm I not actually gonna lie. completely missed it. I kind of forgot um, the story she was telling. I, I kind of forgot, like, real world timeline. And for a minute, I was like, is she just going to tell him that story about the Deathly Hallows? I'm like, wait, no, no, no. That was like, that was like 10 years later, Chris. So, what's that? Done. What's that? There's a whole thing with the three brothers in Harry Potter, and it's like where the. Uh, I thought we canceled the, that. Well, we did, but it still exists. Yeah. Liz and I were watching these together remotely, and she's like, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a story. And I I said to Liz, all right, so there's a priest, a rabbi, and a black guy. Oh, shit. Uh, That's not... Kira, what the fuck? (laughs) A priest, a Dahar master, and a Vedic walk into a tap and uh, tap Walk into Quark's bar. There we go. Let me tell you a story, Captain. All about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> but yes, I got to admit, my first Captain, thought... you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, my first thought at the end when he's like, do you want to come see a baseball game? I'm just thinking like in her head, Kira's going, fuck, I wanted to get him know him better, but not like this. Yeah. Well, good news. They've got the next 14 and a half hours to talk because that's how long Aww. it takes to play baseball. I, I the hat didn't suit her either. It suited her better than it could have, that's for certain. Oh, the baseball <laughs> cap? Yeah. I thought she looked cute as fuck in that cap. Eh. I, I like that uh, Cisco so... had his Pike City she, well, Pioneers, too. That was Yeah. Cute. Yeah. I assume hers must be based on a real team. I, I meant to look it up and completely forgot. Didn't look it up. I don't know, it just looked like some old-timey baseball cap. Is yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a real one. Hmm. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if it was as much that she looked good in her, she was just so pleased to be wearing it that that sort of helped the effect. Hmm. She was she really to, happy, it was very to, sweet. No, it's that she gets to hang out with, with the emissary, you know, in a context that isn't work, yeah. because they realize yeah. all we ever talk about with each other is work, because I'm afraid of you. 
that you'll be that you'll be that you'll, that you'll judge me for thinking I'm the thinking. Oh God, this is complicated. You will judge me for me thinking you're the emissary. She's also probably happy to be to be invited to a holodeck trip where she isn't going to be pressured into having sex. <laughs> Lancelot? Oh God. I mean, unless you know it involves like. Fuck, I don't know enough about baseball players to know if any of them were famously horny. Uh, but she's getting all of them. She, she's getting Every- hit on by, like, you know, a holographic Joe DiMaggio or something. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, everybody has that Favorites. joke about having their families in different zip codes and shit. That's, no, a, that, that's a baseball thing. Well, that's every sport thing. But, that's I mean, like some, like, some sports have people who are, like, famously... Like, who's that one basketball player who supposedly has, like, 110 kids or something? Holy fuck. What? Will Chamberlain? I think so, yeah. Isn't that Will Chamberlain? I I believe so. I mean, everyone knows, you know, the topsy-turvy world of golf and Tiger Woods, that (laughs) notorious horn dog. But yeah, I I don't think, I mean, again, it's because I don't know it that well, but, like, I don't think there's, like, a baseball equivalent where, like, yeah, yeah, they all do it, but my god, what about X? Although, yes, I think Babe Ruth was famously into porkin'. So. He was famously into pork. He was a large man. <laughs> That's true, especially, especially for someone who was not strictly a pitcher. Yeah, you're thinking of Roger Clemens. Well, just in general, <laughs> like in the in general, in the whatever our league is, because the pitchers don't have to bat and run, they can be built like me and be a professional. It's like that's weird. We're so on baseball. Yeah, you again. still have Come to have upper body strength, though. This I mean, is that's the thing. Baseball is necessary. insidious. Let's yeah, get off baseball. The, what else happened Roger, in this It's episode? Roger Clemens, but well, he so, has, like, one big doom fist arm that's, like, just 80 <laughs> times bigger than the feet. other arm. <laughs> well, so, right, enough well, about so, baseball. Oh, we, we, so, like, this episode developed, like, three relationships, right? You have Bashir yeah. and Dax, you have Kira and Cisco, and you have Worf and people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worf and anybody else. I mean, Worf was just happy that nobody on the ship was pregnant. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's no. true. <laughs> Though he was there with an O'Brien again. Mm, it's true. And he just he just turns some miles in engineering and says, "Push." <laughs> God. <laughs> you think he's ever helped O'Brien like through the tough times when he's been constipated? Oh God. He's like standing outside the head door, just being like, "Go, oh, chief." He's like, uh, Mr. Warf, I appreciate it, but please stop." But Jesus, always oh, <laughs> gonna blow out your O-ring. Drop My, along. <laughs> My headcanon is that Stevens is part Beta Zed. Which one was Beta Stevens? Zoid. Zoid. Every time. Part Beta Zoid. He was one he of was the... He was just one of the engineers. He was one of the two that had a decent amount of lines. There was like... Oh, the, the, the two bros who like... Yeah. There was the guy adorable who, together. Yeah. There was the guy who I assumed was probably like Hispanic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moon is. Yeah. I was so sure he wasn't going to make it to the end of the episode. I, had, I, was, I, had, I was actually surprised that any of the yeah, or, that's you know, true. there were no that's red shirt true. deaths. No. Of, well, there were Gold red shirt, shirt deaths, but there were no yeah. speaking line red shirt deaths. Yeah. Like, I well, thought for sure that uh, that girl on the uh, to... bridge was gone. Oh, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. I, say, I, I thought for sure, you know, when they had that, the, the lady on the bridge, the, the ensign yeah, on the bridge. That, I, like, I had her written off, yeah, too. She's not going to reach the end credits. But this week... Both Hispanics lived. Both yeah. the parent Hispanics, yeah. It was very exciting. But yeah, no, I miss Munoz. We're never going to see them again, so. though. No. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, as soon as it was like, so Moon is, you go. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's going to die. Yeah, we were taking bets on them. But uh, Stevens, because Stevens, like, I don't know if they, it was actually just the lighting, but he ended up looking, it looked like he had black eyes. So I decided. Like a doll's eyes. Fuck it, he's, 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 uh, he's an empath. Probably better than Troy. Oh, inter- well, 
That's a fucking low bar. Exactly. <laughs> Non-empaths are better than Troy. That's true. <laughs> also I'm true. a better empath than Troy. Worf's Warf a better empath better than, than Troy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why their relationship didn't work. Mm. She oh. was like, you're a fucking Klingon and you're better at this than I am. I'm leaving. And he was like, yes, I sensed that you were dissatisfied in the relationship. So yeah, so Worf, uh, you know, as much as I liked that, that subplot, I don't know. I don't know if I really buy... It feels like a step backwards for Worf at this point to still be, you know, kind of the clueless commander that doesn't know how to... I mean, well, yeah, especially after seven years on the Enterprise. Yeah, like he should have got that. He was was the head of security on the Enterprise. It's a different job, though. That's yeah, but he's still like commanding red shirts, which is what you know he was doing in. in But But even in a security, yeah, like um, it's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing to lead a security force. It's another to like be leading a group of engineers through a battle scenario, like. With That's a security true. team, I imagine, especially a military security team, it is kind of your job to be extra hard ass. Whereas like this a drill is more sergeant. like huh? like a drill sergeant almost. Yeah. Whereas this is yeah, this is more like this is an actual command track, and yeah, you've got to have a well, you know, got to, but it helps to have a slightly lighter touch. So I think it does make sense because it's again, it's it's a different type of command. Like I think. The way he is was perfectly reasonable for security, but for... Yeah, and in this, in this instance, he doesn't really know what weapons he has available because they're in this entirely new environment. Yeah. Like, you can't see your foes. This is, you know, a little bit Wrath of Connie. Mm-hmm. You can't see them. You can maybe detect them if you're close enough, but you can't tell who's who. You're not sure if you send out a bomb, if it'll hit the right person or come back, come back and hit you. Yeah. And he's he's very out of his element because, you know, as a security, as someone with a security background, not knowing what weapons you can throw at people is going to make him really, like, tense. Yeah. True. Mm, true. I think, you know, it was a nice use of the chief, too, because it's like, you know, they don't have a ton of history, really, and they still haven't even interacted that much in this show since he came in. But it does feel like, yeah, if anyone can kind of be like, eh, chill out, would you? It would be the chief because they have this sort of... Yeah, longer relationship yeah. than anyone else. Yeah, and also I mean, the chief is much better at talking with people. Yeah. True. And that's the other thing, of course, is as the chief points out, apparently, like, a good amount of his staff, like him, are enlisted men. So they, they you know, they have a very different... They went through whatever the Starfleet version of boot camp is as opposed to, you know, the academy. Hmm. And they also work under someone who went through a similar track, so it's been a very different experience for them in a lot of ways. This is also, I think, some of the first NCOs we've seen aside from the chief. Well, the, the explicit NCOs. I, I, I assume that a lot of the red shirts that we see that aren't explicitly True. ensigns are probably red shirts. Or they're obviously red shirts because they're red shirts. No, um, are probably NCOs. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Or even just like enlisted dudes. Yeah, but these are some of the few explicit ones we've had you're yeah. right yeah i don't even know if they'd be ncos right because well did they ever say what rank they were they didn't even have like they had nothing on their call yeah so they're probably just enlisted dudes yeah isn't that what nco is nco is non-commissioned officer so oh that's like, right right that's a little different yeah they're enlisted yeah. that's what it's I like a, it's an enlist it's a 
It's someone who's enlisted, but like worked their way up the the ranks quite a bit. Basically, the chief. Yeah. Yeah, Right, but petty officer as high as he can get, or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Someone said warrant officer is also an equivalent rank. Yeah, but I think that might be a different division of the military. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, because my my father was enlisted in the navy, and and he he was his his highest the, like he achieved the highest rank possible, which was like chief petty officer, second class, or something like that, or hmm. something. Does, I, can't I wonder if like chief petty officer just did he just like get really upset over minuscule things, and that's why <laughs> he got that rank. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Beat me to the joke. God. Can we talk about Bashir and Dex? Yes, I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead, Caitlin. Go for it. Uh, oh, me? Oh, well. You said you wanted to. Well, I did, but Liz brought it up. I don't want to step on our guest's toes, but I will. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, what I really liked about it is that it kind of like, it felt like we got to see exactly how yucky their relationship used to be, at least from like the Bashir side. And then it showed us like the entire evolution of the relationship just in this little side plot. Because we yeah. hear him literally be like, yeah, back in the day, this would have been great. I would have been alone with you. It would have been my only chance. <laughs> and now he's like, I can totally hold you when all of the, you know, air conditioning stops and we're freezing and not even, not even pop a boner. <laughs> so it's and- interesting. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but yeah, like that's that's pretty much what I was thinking. That this this is really like this season is when a lot of characters are maturing and becoming less of a caricature. And Bashir Bashir is definitely one of them. And Bashir and Dax, as a result, they you know they seem to have good chemistry together, uh, and they seem to be leaning a, like really hard into like this this developing bro relationship yeah. that is much more comfortable to watch. Much. And so, like, having having it, like, they just sort of, like, hang a lampshade on the fact that, you know, just Bashir, you know, not just as a character, but as a person has matured since then. And that he's gotten over that first season bullshit, or the early season bullshit with Dax. And we got to see, like, a continuation of what we had seen in, what was it called? Rejoined or Reunited? I can't remember rejoined. what it's called. Rejoined. rejoined. So I keep, as a side note, I keep thinking it's not Rejoined, because Rejoined to me sounds like way more way more overtly sexual than reunited and i think that's why i keep assuming that's not the one yeah but, but anyway the trail, like, they always talk about joining and being yeah, joined true. And... yeah i guess that's true bunch of sex perverts <laughs> uh but like you know we had chaperone bashir where he like sat mm. and hung out with dax and her ex-wife yeah like mm. listening to their fucking boring as hell stories based on his reaction but he still did it you know so i was actually reading an article just yesterday where i guess what happened was bashir was a wildly unpopular character especially after the first season i can see that mm-hmm. yeah he was, he was written horribly he was a terrible horn dog their mm-hmm. intent apparently was because er was big at the time he was going to be their like sexy young doctor Oh, he's going to be the George Clooney. Yes. Oh, God. Um, and it huh. failed okay. miserably. Well, yeah, because yeah. he wasn't just, up. he wasn't, it's not that he's an unattractive man, but, but he, he just acts like such a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like the writing couldn't was like him. terrible. Yeah, he just come off as creepy in the beginning. Uh, and it was to the point that apparently, I didn't know this, Paramount wanted them to get rid of the character completely after the first oh, season. Wow. wow. And in one of the few things I will give the prick credit for, Rick Berman fought to keep him. Well, yeah, because how yeah, much of that was... Yeah, but they could have got Pulaski. Was... 
<laughs> How much of that was actually motivated by like fan dissatisfaction and not the fact that he's like not white? I'd go with fan dissatisfaction. Because yeah, again, like, think... think about how badly written he was that first season. I know, I just... Like, no, but I'm I mean, suspicious. It's, it's, he, I think it's he might have been a producers. little less... Yeah, yeah. I think he, he they might have maybe maybe more more than Rick Berman would have fought. Maybe it would have been an easier fight if he were blonde haired, blue eyed. Like you maybe. never know. But, but either but way, he was, they got he was to definitely keep him. badly written. And I guess what happens is with this season, Iris Stephen Bear was basically given complete creative control. And I guess one of his first goals was to fix Bashir. <laughs> Unfuck mm. Julian Bashir. <laughs> so that yeah, 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 because you can't really be the sexy young doctor if no one wants to have sex with you. Then you're <laughs> right. really just a creep. Well, and especially yes. like, let's be honest, he's thirty. He's over the hill. He's not sexy <laughs> anymore. Yeah, True. he's used up. Really, he's now he's his chances of getting married are gone. I, at this I point. bet he can't even get it up anymore at that right, age. No. So he's it's he's the doctor. You know, he has some. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people to make that callback, you're really on a roll today. What did Ames say? <laughs> Shit, his balls are so long. Oh, <laughs> Ames. But yeah, so we're, I think that's why we're seeing this is because it was like one of the new sort of head guys' first goals it was like we are fixing this fucking character. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That was definitely a good call. And did a good job. Well, and it's nice to see like not just improving him, but having him actively acknowledge like. The, wow, yeah, the I was problem. a creep. Sorry I used to go around putting nice into you, expecting sex to come out. <laughs> it's um, also it's also I have to say, like, it's it, it was it's been a relief to watch watch this season because like, you know, when this was originally on the air, my my like teenage Liz was big into Bashir. And so restarting the season the series, I was like, oh no, little Liz, what's wrong with you? Really? I mean he is hot, but mm, so now this is like this is this is where this is where the where the crush came in. Well, I mean, I, I have the same story with Jadzia. Like she mm. was my childhood crush. I had the cardboard cutout, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! <laughs> where is she now? So actually, funny story. So you know, there was a card, a full size, life size cardboard cutout of of Dax, and it was you know it was in my house. <laughs> And, I'm picturing you know, that it's like a six foot tall symbiont. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not yep. Terry Farrell. It's just it's not Jetsia, just slugs. Um, but yes, yeah, so, you know, eventually I, I, I lost interest and it just, you know, went into the attic. And then like years later, I'm driving up to my parents' house and I noticed there's there's someone in the attic. There's like someone standing. <laughs> my dad had moved the cardboard cutout to the front window in the attic. That is incredibly And there's dead. just, you know, and you look up and there's just, oh, yep, nope, Dax is standing in the window of my parents' attic. <laughs> your father, she was there for years. Your father's my goddamn hero. Oh, I hope he brilliant. goes up there and, like, flashes lights around every <laughs> once in a while to, like, creep people out driving by. Uh, oh, only when he's, al only when he's alone. Haunted. <laughs> I think eventually... No it it it's no it's no longer in the window. I don't know what happened to it. It probably got too faded from just sitting in the sun all the time. But yeah, but yeah, no. So so Dax was was my crush uh, growing up from this show, and uh, I had kind of the same reaction. Whereas I was like, man, this is not a good character, and and the acting's pretty pretty subpar too. But uh, I've I've felt similarly that this season and you know especially with rejoined in this episode and then you know i think continuing into future episodes they're they're doing more with that character yeah terry farrell is carrying more water mm. and uh carrying more water carrying you know 
She's, is, that she's, a, is that a phrase? It I is think now. So. I've, yeah, it is now. Away. She's care. You know, she's 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 putting more on her back. She's yeah. she's a camel. Okay. Yep. She's exactly. <laughs> well, that was the original ideal for the idea for the trills. They're gonna have a hump on their back, and that's actually where they kept the symbiote. But mm. they realized it'd be mm. hard for the actors to sit, so they scrapped it. But yeah. No, I think you know Yikes. we gave we gave Terry Farrell a lot of shit. Uh, but I think you know she's shaping up. She's so definitely we'll coming into her own. Yeah, and like he's a lot more natural, and I think too. I I think because like, you know, because the intent, as you know, was that her and Bashir would get together originally, uh, according to that article, but they didn't really work like that. And I, you know, I think she she'll just be more natural with Julian now that that's not supposed to be an undercurrent. I'm mm. glad it's not. Yeah, I'm glad it's not because I feel like the first many episodes with Jadzia, the problem was she never ever had agency. Right. It was yeah. always being like, "Oh, Julian wants Jadzia, therefore he should have her because we, we he's more important." Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think that'll help in general, if, like at least with their interactions, just yeah. because that won't be a factor anymore. Yeah, I think I wonder if that you know that lack of agency because that wasn't even just the the Julian. It was everything. Every Core. time they had a Dax centric yeah. plot, she was taken out of it. Yeah. She was either unconscious or, you know, she was the victim and she never had any way, any recourse in the plot. She always had to be rescued. She's yeah. a sexy lamp. Yeah. Yes. Mm, um, but now, gets carried through it. you know, and we saw with Rejoined, you know, that was a Dax centric episode that Dax participated in very actively. And she was amazing in it. I mean, that. Mm-hmm. That's some of the best Terry Farrell we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. But similarly, like, this episode was great because she and Julian's, like, their whole chemistry has been rewritten and they work so much better this way. Yeah. So much better. It was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. How did you guys like the effect when Bashir and everyone is, like, getting out of wherever it was they were because it was about to flood with the atmosphere from the planet? I know, like, just because I know, like, originally they wanted oh. that scene to be, they, they wanted to, it to be the ship crashed underwater, and oh. they wanted the ship to be flooding with water. Oh, no. And they realized, okay, let's, the water would be way too expensive, because we'd have to flood everything, and that's yeah. impossible. Uh, well, let's do an atmosphere thing. Can we actually, like, make the, make the adjustment from water to gas? <laughs> yeah, it worked for me. I, I don't know. I mean, noticing it, to it looked honest. to me like someone had a smoke machine. They did, you know, because <laughs> like, the whole idea is that it's so high pressure that the force field wasn't able to stand up to it. Yeah. So I feel like a gas in that high pressure would it would be more forceful than, than what they showed. I don't know. I guess hmm. so. I think in that I think that was that was one of the scenes where I was so busy looking out for for uh, Moon is. So it was like, is he going to make it? Is this where yeah. <laughs> is this what the Hispanic dies off? No, he's making it. All right. Yeah. I mean, not that I fault them really. I mean, it's just you know. It wasn't a, it wasn't an important plot point and it didn't no. need it didn't need to look great. I do think it did what it needed them to do. Underwater would have been silly. Oh, but you you what we're missing is Oda would have come to save them. Mm. He would have sunk to the water. There was going to be a comment that people were going to be like, "Oh no, you won't be able to survive underwater." And he's like, "Dudes, I'm also basically a liquid, so I'll be fine." And then he would seep through wherever the water was gushing in and reform on the other side. And the, the writers were so excited, like saying, oh my God, this is going to be such a great effect. It's going to look so cool. 
and they had to drop it entirely from this episode. That would have looked cool. Yeah, it would have looked terrible because it would have been 1990 effects. I did think a lot of the ship effects looked pretty decent. Were they model or CG? I couldn't quite tell. I I think they were mostly model in this era. Because it looked quite good. Yeah. I don't think I don't think CG would have looked very good. Yeah, no, because I yeah I remember later episodes where they're more using where they're more heavily using CG and oh boy is it obvious. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if maybe they were getting away with it because of the smoke effect or something. Hmm. Uh, Was there any Odo in this episode? No, because they started and ended on the Defiant, and he wasn't oh, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although Hanok was giving me like big Odo vibes. Yeah, Wait, there was very there end. was the final scene with Hanok and Odo interacting. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. right, That's fine. at the, the Davo table. Yeah. So it didn't end on the Defiant. You see, you're right, Ames, because there were moments where I was like, "Man, I never realized how uh, similar James Cromwell and Rene Auberjonois can be." So yes, yeah, that's probably the only... why they didn't want them in the same episode. Seriously. Well, like, but also physically, they're, they're similar. They they yeah. have the same voice effect. They have and, the same yeah. pissed offness with Quark. Yeah. yeah. Do like, you think that that was originally meant to be Odo and Quark in that subplot? No, just because then they wouldn't have had an excuse to be in the Gamma Quadrant. Well, because the whole reason they were in the Gamma Quadrant was because they were talking to that guy. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, but I wonder if when like an early draft of this, without you know, before they figured out what the the instigation for the plot would be yeah maybe. if it was like oh quark and odo trapped together and they bond yeah over quarks you know oh he knows how to pick locks and defuse bombs no, but they've done that before they've done the trap odo and quark in a room together in i think it was civil defense and it was boring yeah. that might have been what, yeah. one of the reasons they decided not to i mean Is like that- he would have otherwise fit in you know well enough if they did it like yeah. it, it were at least in a way that like that would be expected especially the whole overarching theme of gambling and you know the yeah. nerds of of taking a chance like that that would yeah. be something that Oda would be very much against having said that now like you know obviously it's this particular iteration of james cromwell it's very odo and i'm trying to picture like odo stuck in a room with zeph from cochran and <laughs> that's i like um I was... so the so what was uh the the Kamara, Kamora, what the fuck are they again? Uh, Karema, 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 yeah, or Karema, 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 So something I found interesting is that Karma. they seem to practice a form of a, a very foreign concept. I feel like this idea of fair capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> like how, like what? What yeah, the fuck no, is it's this? Great. Oh, you you. And like the fact that that Quark is like dumbfounded by yep. this idea, it's like, wait a minute, you 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 only charge for the price of goods? You you, you don't Par- parts, put an unfair markup on it? Parts, labor, and a reasonable profit. Yeah, I wonder how that economy. I wonder if it works. I mean, every impl- indication we've had, assuming they are the people we were thinking of from a while ago, they seem to be sort of the major trade people of the gamma quadrant mm. like people seem to deal with them because they you know trust them well yeah they know oh, they're they not also, gonna get cheated aren't they also dealing with the dominion though yeah i think they, they're like well they they're said, in the dominion they're members they said, of the dominion oh yeah well they said yeah because they sold the dominion they sold the gem hadar those torpedoes which is why hanuk looks at the torpedo and says oh i recognize this thing my people built it <laughs> mm. 
I do. I did love that. You know, maybe I should offer them a refund, and then the big yeah, laugh. Was a good <laughs> the laugh. Yeah, yeah, them laughing was very cute. It was. Yeah, but I, I kind of. So the whole setup here is that you know the Karma are doing business with the Alpha Quadrant via Quark. Well, it sounds like the Ferengi in general. Yeah, and the, the Federation the... is facilitating this for a reason. We don't. I don't know why the Federation is even involved. Well, I think um, it's, it's basically the only way they can deal with the Gamma Quadrant is through the Ferengi, is the impression I was under. Well, maybe. Well, it seems conspicuous to take a Federation warship then, into the Gamma Quadrant to, to conduct these trade negotiations, but whatever. Side, side, doesn't matter. No. Whatever. Don't don't think too hard. Well, could it not just be to like try to send a message that, like, to whomever is in the Gamma Quadrant that they have this sort of, like, military power, maybe? Yeah, yeah but maybe they've already kicked that ship's ass like three times. Yeah, but we also, um, you know, so we can. I guess we can assume then that that the reason why I think the reason why they sent the defiance is they knew that this was going to raise suspicion, you know, raise some issues with the with the Dominion, mm. and they wanted to have a ship that could defend itself. In theory, yeah, in theory, and presumably they there must be some kind of embargo in the Dominion against doing business with. The Federation, because the Jem'Hadar show up and attack. Yeah. Mm. Um. So if the Karema are members of the Dominion, you know, like a member state, I'm going to just assume that their planet's about to get royally fucked. You know, like they're get, there's going to be some carpet bombing or something. Because it doesn't, like, they show up, and the, the Dominion, initially, when, they, when the Jem'Hadar show up, they don't even... They're attacking the Karema. They're not yeah. even really bothering with the Defiant at first. Yeah. They chase the Karema into the planet. Hmm. So really, their the Dominion's whole thing is like, yeah, if you do business with the Federation or the or the Alpha Quadrant, we're gonna fuck your shit up. So don't do that. All I can figure, because I had a similar thought. All I can figure is they have to hope that those Jem'Hadar hadn't reported back yet, and they're being destroyed. Just fixes it all. Hopefully, or who knows? Maybe we will. In a few weeks or season, we'll find out. Yes, the Karama homeworld was carpet bombed. Well, we see, we see Zephram Cochrane in uh, at Deep Space Nine afterwards. So, uh, well, that was because they just took the whole crew back because their ship was yeah. crippled. So uh, they're waiting for pickup. Was there anything else about Starship Down, or shall I start talking about Roswell? Well, very briefly, because we are about to talk a lot about Quark. I was impressed by how like. Almost blasé Quark was by the whole torpedo situation. He's like, huh, well, I've literally no other way out of this, so I guess I have to deal with it. So the hull there is <laughs> breached. They should actually just be dead. They should. All, you, all I can figure is the very small fissure that is there must get filled in by a force field. Or it's just like the, you know, the, the pressure from outside has force the torpedo in such a way that it's created a perfect seal. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It seems really unlikely. It that does. Maybe but... something in the in the casing of the of the the you know of the object or something. Yeah. That was an interesting material also that it was made out of. It looked like, like it an did, IKEA like, lamp. It did. <laughs> it kind of looked like plastic. Sexy lamp. Did it come um, with an Allen wrench? But yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting like, you know, Ultimately, Quark is a guy who knows if he's no other way out of a situation. He's like, well, let's see what I can do. Because normally he would be the first person to flee, but of course he can't, so. Yeah. Well, it's just like when he gets caught, caught 
you know, being a uh, negotiating in bad faith. Yeah. The fir- you know, the first thing he does is deflect, 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 blame Rom, do whatever he has to do. <laughs> until much, much later, he's like, well, okay, you're right. I cheated you. But, but here's, why it's, here's why it's awesome to be a con man. Yeah. You can blame Rom all you want. Yes. <laughs> I have one more note, and that's at the very, end, the very, very end. They did something I'm not a big fan of because I think it undoes a lot of what previous episodes have established, and that's that Julian needs saving from Morn. But doesn't everyone love Morn? That's yeah, what the that, fuck? That, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, but guys, when he gets going, it's hard to get him to stop. He that can't get a true. word in edgewise with that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that was just more of like a cementing their broness thing. I think you know, like, oh, yeah. thanks, bro. Saved my ass back there. I, I think it doesn't necessarily throw, like, Morn's reputation as a character under the bus either, because we've definitely had those gregarious types who, like, everybody loves, and you could still love that character, you know, love that character, love that person in your friend group, and still be like, all right, they, they're they really going off on this thing. Yeah, um, Morn's particularly in his cups right now. Trying to figure out right now if Liz is talking about me or Chris. <laughs> Just can't <laughs> shut you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you guys are here, Jake and Ames. Uh, we're going to go off on baseball again. Don't worry. <laughs> no, we're not going to go off more... on baseball again. <laughs> I, had, I had one more thought before we move on, and that was the just that speaking of baseball, just that that moment at the end with with Cisco and Kira had nothing yeah. to do with baseball itself. But when he calls her Nerese, when he calls her back mm. by calling her Nerese, yeah. like it made my heart grow three sizes. Like I think that that like that moment was it was really effective in you know like given that last push forward of the relationship to kickstart yeah, it yeah. because it felt very genuine between them. Like that smile that came from Kira felt very genuine. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. It was a really lovely moment. It was really nice. And I'm glad I'm you mentioned that Liz, because I was thinking it earlier and I completely forgot to mention it. So I'm listen, I got you. Even though I'm glad you, you brought much. us back. It was so cool. All right. We're getting, we're going to go further away from baseball because we're going to talk little green men. I don't know. In many ways closer. I was going to say, I think uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not in the episode, but this is as close to baseball as we've gotten. All right, so so here's here's something I wrote to try to get me through Little Green Men. <laughs> uh, oh, poor Ames. Nog is on his way to Starfleet Academy. Quark decides to make it a road trip to break in his new Lamborghini from Cousin Gale. You know, the one with the moon. Oh, it's the uh, one with the moon. I didn't even make that connection. Of course it's the one with the moon. Oh, I thought That's they mentioned right. it. They yeah. Well, they mentioned the arms business. I don't, I don't know if they uh, mentioned the moon. Okay. Yeah, they mentioned that that Gala is uh, is highly successful in business, and that Quark loaned him the money to start his arms. Yeah, business, which, which I thought I, was that was new. Sorry, go on, Ames. Yeah. So also, of course, because he's Quark, he's going to do some Ill- uh, some illegal smuggling of chemosite while he's there, because why not? But oh no, Eddington has sabotaged the shuttle. I mean, <laughs> Gala has sabotaged the shuttle. I'm just so used to it being Eddington. <laughs> and then Rom fails utterly to fix the thing. So we crash land on Earth and wake up in July of 1947 in Roswell. Damn it, Rom! <laughs> so get ready for a B-movie from the 50s. Now, luckily for everyone, which actually doesn't come up all that much, really, but Nog has read a book for a couple of hours, so now he's now an expert in this era of Earth for some reason. Somebody had to be. Uh, we meet up with a whole bunch of, of uh, one-off characters. We meet General Rex Denning, Nurse, Nurse Faith Garland, uh, her fiancé, Professor Jeff Gar- Carlson, 
and this pissant Wainwright who just oh, really yeah. wants to torture aliens. So much. He He's sucks. a dick. So Quark is trying to do business with the humans, and everyone's trying to get Umox from Garland, yeah, which was oh, really so squicky. Gross. Yeah, I could have done without that. Yeah, it came up way too many times, and I was done with it after the first mention. Yeah. But Wainwright's affinity for torture wins out. <laughs> after a little bit of torturing, Garland and Carlson help everybody escape from the torture chamber. And then Odo happens to have tagged along and has hidden out as a dog for a while and done absolutely nothing until this very moment in the episode when he helps everyone get back to the ship and Rom uses some very, very wibbly-wobbly physics to get home, and somehow that works. Yep. I mean, let's just be fair, though. All of the time travel in this fucking series has always been a little wibbly-wobbly. The wibbly-wobbliest. So I don't know if this was on purpose, but what they effectively did was the ending of, like, the first draft of Back to the Future. Hmm. The original version of the story, first of all, the time machine was in a refrigerator, not a car. I can't drive a refrigerator, Chris. <laughs> well, they put it in the back of a <laughs> yeah. truck. How are you going to get that thing going 88 miles an hour? They, they, again, they, they put you it in the back. just got to turn up the dial inside the... But they allegedly <laughs> the crisper drawer. Allegedly, the reason they <laughs> dropped that was because this was also around the time kids kept locking themselves in fridges. Ugh. I think they yeah. also realized there was more dramatic possibility if it was built into a vehicle. What is wrong with kids? Uh, you met them. So, did they were like latching fridges popular in the eighties? Uh, it like older model fridges a lot of the time, especially. I mean, like going back to like the fifties, they they latched and they latched. Well, that's what solidly. I mean. But by the time by the eighties, I, I feel I like most fridges 80s, weren't latching. I feel like they were all like. The, well, they stopped latching because it became a problem. Because yeah. it became such a prevalent problem that that they realized was killing kids a lot, and that's well, when but I, like the PSA started, and that's when there were probably enough still in service to that's that true. Would have been an issue. Yeah, I guess well, I had I also one in my think, house for years. That the problem started happening so much because people were getting rid of their old fridges. Because I don't mm. think like kids were climbing into the fridge at their house. Yeah. I think they were climbing into oh, fridges yeah, outside. And, That's yeah, why you, you know, always but... see fridges with their doors off in the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah like hide and seek and all that. Either way, the very original draft, rather than get the time machine struck by lightning, they drove it into a nuclear bomb test. Well, huh. I hope it was lead lined. <laughs> well, if it was a fridge, of course it was. We saw that in the documentary Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Sorry, Heritage. I don't remember that part of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I only remember there being three films. Well, speaking of Roswell, like they'd been they'd been kicking an an idea around to do this kind of a time travely thing for a while, and I guess with the the fiftieth anniversary of Roswell coming up, mm. um, although it wouldn't be for another two years, so I don't know why they picked now instead of waiting two years. But fuck it. They were like, oh man, 50th anniversary of Roswell is in two years. We should do a Roswell episode right now. Beat everyone else to the bunch. Mm. Yeah. It was. So, uh, just uh, <laughs> correction. <gasps> uh, I think in the intro, you said that they were in Roswell for this episode. They weren't. They were at Area 51, which is in mm. Nevada. Well, they reference Roswell. Yes, they Roswell like is where the crash happened. They crashed oh. in Roswell, but the well, episode was taken out of at the book, so the book was wrong. Yeah, so they were technically would have been at Area Fifty One in. Well, then Nevada. no, so they so they crashed in Roswell, and then they yes. were brought to Area Fifty One. Okay, yeah, fine. Church, church, I'm not going to lie; I always thought Area Fifty One was in Roswell. So. I guess I thought mm. that too. Yeah, like, Area Fifty One is a real place, no, and it is like a third of the state. 
land-wise of um, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, that's because there's nothing else in Nevada because yeah. it's all fucking desert. Nevada is two cities and Area 51. No, no, it's 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 three because there is also Reno, shitty Vegas. So there's well, yeah, Reno, saying, Las Vegas, Vegas, Roswell, and Area 51. Roswell's, Roswell's New Mexico. Mexico. Salt Lake City. So yeah, the two cities are Reno and and Las Vegas. Oh, Roswell is in. Right, it is oh no, you're. Well, I'm saying I'm thinking Utah, not Nevada. God, what is the West anyway? Uh, it's one, it's it's one big, big desert. desert. I forgot Roswell was New Mexico. Um, There's also half of the Hoover Dam. Mm. It was a, a pleasure to see Ron Napier in his natural form. <laughs> is that uh, the you know the front yeah. cigar chomping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Silver the hair. first time we saw him in Star Trek, he was playing a hippie. Herbert. Which is like the total opposite of what he would be known as because the rest of his career he would play cops and military men and guards and Yeah, yeah. I would never have recognized him. Oh god, was that him? Wow. Yeah, oh, he, he has was, a very distinctive face. He was specifically the one with like curly ass hair who played yeah, he the was guitar. Adam. Yeah, who he kept calling everybody leader, Herbert. But he was their like second in command, Holy it felt crap. like. I don't think I yeah, because really he's also like more well, no, around the same time, I guess. He was like a general in Austin Powers, and he was... Um, yep. He's almost always military man. He was the guard in Silence of the Lambs, too, that had his yep. face... Or no, he didn't have his face taken no, off. No, he's the... He? Yeah, he was the other one. The other one. But yeah, yeah, like, almost every appearance of that man, he is some sort of, like, military or police or security figure. Even in, like, Airplane, he's, like, one of the guys that runs the airport. Oh, yeah! yeah. Oh, wow, he's yeah. he's Because, again, he's got that voice and that jaw. You don't... Why they and cast the him as... Yeah. Why they cast him as a hippie, I will never know, but it is wonderful that they did. But it's great that they brought him back, again, as a way we're mostly used to him. It's an, it's an interesting commentary on how people often co- become more conservative as they get older. <laughs> he went through his little hippie phase, and then... I also like that, uh, what did they refer to? Yeah, that piano-playing Democrat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I said that to Liz. I was like, what is that? Slang for, like, homosexual? Like, what were they doing? Well, it's funny, too, because, like, I don't know about other presidents, but uh, Nixon famously was a fairly competent piano player. <laughs> did did Truman play the piano? Does anybody, I, I did anybody look so. that up? I, I didn't think to. I took their word for it. He was wasn't he famously a haberdasher? What? Truman? Like he had a ha- hat shop. I didn't know that. I believe That's it. News to me. That's amazing. I mean, having seen the photo of him young, I believe. I mean, when his photos when he's young, he looks like a fucking ventriloquist dummy. Frankly, so. yikes. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, what was funny was that like, and I'm probably butchering the story, but that you know, um, when they were at the 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 DNC when they were trying to determine who the vice president was going to be, he was a compromise that was just like, okay, we're going to pick somebody who can't post because FDR is going to die. Like, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. So we, and like one wing of the party wanted to pick like a really left wing guy uh, to kind of continue the the new deal policies and things like that, that, that FDR had started. And then another wing of the party was like, no, we want a, a more conservative VP because whoever they were going to pick was going to be the president, they figured. So, like, they couldn't come to an agreement. And, like, as a compromise, like, all right, let's pick the fucking hat guy. <laughs> he can't do any damage. He's the safe choice. So they went with the hat guy. And then they got the A-bomb. And, you know, all that other shit. 
Yeah, no, Wikipedia. Truman grew up in Independence, Missouri, and during World War I was sent to France as a captain in the field artillery. Returning home, he opened a haberdashery in Kansas City, Missouri. How much piano playing, though? I didn't get to that part. (laughs) He knew chopsticks and the entertainer. Just enough to get by. So, one thing I loved as, like, just sort of an unsubtle kind of B-movie gag was how much fucking smoking there was the minute they got to the 50s. So much. So much smoking. Like, it was obviously on purpose, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was emphatically on purpose. I was reading up on that because um, Iris Stephen Bear thought it would be, you know, a, a fun gag to have it in the episode. And then they realized afterwards when they finally see the whole thing, and they're like, oh, no. We went way overboard with all the smoking. <laughs> they did. It and, was... and, and the fact that they also like, drew attention to it like several times. Yeah. Uh, and, then I, and I hate this idea because he had, a, had an idea afterwards that said, you know what we should have done is we should have gotten Quark addicted to smoking. Oh, God, no. And then huh. when he comes back to Deep Space Nine, he's got to learn how to quit. No, that would have been dumb as fuck. That's yeah, that really dumb. Been awful. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, they did kind of overdo it, but it's, it's, it was fine. Although I do find it interesting that, you know, Quark is like, why are you poisoning yourselves, the guy that runs a bar? Well, but he sells, like, synthahol and shit, doesn't he? Like, yeah, he, oh, he sells also the sells real regular shit. alcohol. Oh, does he? I guess I always assumed it was all fake. It's both. Huh. Yeah, I think you can get the synthale, but I think, you know, I'm pretty sure Kanar is uh is legit and stuff. Yeah, like he that. definitely oh, yeah, sells the hard true. stuff because he's not he he's not subject to like Starfleet regulations on a ship. Like they're yeah. not. Oh on yeah, a ship. that makes sense. Oh, oh, but one of my favorite lines in this is when he's naming all the shit that he like. We know everything about yeah. you people, and he names like the two things that he knows about humans that they like: root beer and baseball. Root beer. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. I, I wrote it down because I also was like, that's that's just that's perfect. Where atom else? bombs? Yes, that's what I was gonna say too. Is uh, while I look this up. I do feel like the trip to Earth is probably long enough that not like it's believable that Nog had a lot of time to read. Uh, I also like the acknowledgement where he gets to the part about the bell riots and is like, "Guys, this looks like Cisco." <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would. You know, I think that joke would have been ever so slightly better if they didn't show the picture of Cisco. Mm, yeah, like if mm. he just said it as an offhand remark and that yeah. was it. Maybe. But also, yeah. wasn't Quark's response like, all, all humans, humans looked look alike? alike? Yes. Baseball, root beer, darts, atom bombs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the darts. That sums up humanity right there. Pretty much. I got root beer in the fridge right the fuck now, and I'm a human. Oh, man. Gross. I want a root beer. Allegedly. Nope. Um, I mean, and they did overrate the smoking thing to an extent, but also I can't help but feel it was kind of historically accurate, because... I mean, they it's used to funny. smoke in delivery rooms for Christ's sake. It absolutely was accurate. I mean, I remember as a kid, even you just you would watch a sitcom, and I mean, Lucy was lighting up all the fucking time. Yeah, I did I, like the moment though, where like it almost it almost seemed like a setup to a great joke that the uh, you know what's his face the, the the doctor picks up lights two cigarettes. I'm like, oh come on! <laughs> and then he hands one to the lady. I'm like, oh like, okay. That, I that knew makes that's more what sense. he was. I knew that's what he was gonna do. But I was a part of me almost hoped he was gonna keep both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I picked the wrong day to quit smoking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it actually reminds me of uh, a thing because really, like smoking in television, films, and all that was was so normal for so long, and like. The cutoff was somewhere in the late 80s, because this was something pointed out on the um, audio commentary for the first Ghostbusters, which is like, it was the director and um, 
that are uh, Ivan Reitman and um, Dan Aykroyd. No, the Bill guy Murray. that played Egon. Oh, Harry Harold Harry Ramis. But uh, they were talking about, man, it's so funny to watch the first one because people smoke so much in that movie, like so much. And in the second one, not a single cigarette. So from 84 to 89, somewhere in there is when the change really happened. Yeah, I'm at mm. the point where, like, if I watch something that's supposed to be a period show, like, what are we watching right now? The um, Detective Man. Perry Mason? Percy, Perry Mason. We're watching Perry Mason right now. Percy Mason. And they're smoking. What? He said Percy, so. God damn I like it. the, the Perry Mason. Percy Mason. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And they're smoking all the fucking time, and it's so noticeable because you don't see it in these days. No. Mm. But yeah, no, other, other like, B-movie things, like the... The scientist who, you know, his fiance is somehow connected to all this is very... I've been watching a lot of MST3K lately because they launched a Twitch channel recently where it's just going 24-7 and it's <laughs> really great background noise for work. Mm. Like, with everyone working from home was the perfect time for them to launch that. But it is... There's always that scientist who is like, you know... His fiance is somehow involved either, you know, in this case, she's a, she's a... She's a nurse, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. I can't think of the term for that. The nurse. I thought, I thought he was only involved because she was there. That's, that's what they that said. Was, oh, yeah. that's right. He was said. the professor. They invited her yeah, well, along. You're not just here because your nurse, what's her name's fiance, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, they, they, the professor's almost always got a fiance and there's, you know, the hard ass military guy and all this other stuff. Yeah, it, they definitely went tropey. Yeah, yeah, very self-consciously. The, the quote that I wrote down that Iris Riva Bear wrote was, this was more a public service than anything else. Um, Which we is exactly watching. what it was. Yeah. Um, ahead, Liz Caitlin. noticed while we were watching that we've actually seen the nurse before. Actually, I was uh, going to say Caitlin's the one who caught it. She's like, why, why does she look familiar? And I started looking her up. Oh, well, you identified it. What was the... Because uh, I had the internet. Again? She was... Uh, I've already forgotten. Uh, invasive Procedures? Is that the episode where Dax gets yeah. stolen from Jedzia? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, was she's... like the guy was one of the who other stole the symbiont's there? girlfriend or whatever. Oh, oh the one that... Uh, was she was like she? the main one. She's the one that wow. turned. I forgot all about it. I did not make that connection. Well done. Well, I mean, like I said, I just knew she looked familiar. I, I never mm. could have told you that it was, you know... Yeah, I don't have her name show, in but... front of me because my cat is lying on my book. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember when they said like, oh yeah, we want someone to play the nurse who's, who's like this actress. And they're like, we could just ask that actress. They're like, okay, do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's free. Problem yeah, solved. That's the thing. It's not like sometimes with shows, it's like, man, we want someone who's like this really expensive, hard to get movie actor. Who's like that, but for TV. Th this isn't that. This is, we want someone like this TV actor we've used before. Call, call them. Throwing that out there. But when you are looking for someone who is like the big Hollywood actor, look no further than every terrible Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> they always <laughs> seem to get knockoff big stars. They find the celebrity lookalikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just go around to, to lookalike contests. God, they all look exactly alike. I mean, in a way, because of sort of narrow definitions of attractiveness, celebrities really can. Mm. Yeah, no, they I mean, really... I'm I mean, I mean, you know, networks like the CW, just like their entire lineup oh of actors is based on like the same three facial features. Yeah. Mm. And, and the thing, I mean, I'll give them credit. It's the same thing with the men, too. Like, yeah. you could line up most of, like, take all their men, put them in a grid, and it's like, same jaw, sure same nose. the same guy? Yeah. Like, if you did one of those put all the faces together thing, you wouldn't have that much, like, weird <laughs> Yeah, they'd blur. still look the same. <laughs> and yeah, they have, like, all the same women. 
know, very rarely there's an exception. You know, there was, um, can't think of his name, Oliver's buddy in Arrow, though. Diggle? Yeah, Diggle, one I of their few non-hot. Because, because he's black, but even yes. then, yeah, you know, he definitely breaks the type. Like, he doesn't have the same Christmas facial special? shape or anything. No, no, Arrow, it's um, the CW's <laughs> Green Arrow TV show. Oh, okay. So, we so we got. I was gonna say we see a lot of. I mean, for all the trash that goes on in this episode and all the campy nonsense, I, whoa, like whoa, there's whoa. the umox. There's, there's. I mean, like you could, it could still be good trash. Whatever. I'm, I'm just neutrally saying it's trash. It's um, a junk food episode. That's yeah. Fine. But like, it's also there's. We, we get to see a lot more of Ferengi stuff than yeah. we usually do. Like we get to hear Ferengi language, which sounds mm-hmm. like Simlish to me. It was so cool. But we get to hear about like the their humans, concept of the afterlife. Yeah, you know when the humans were talking, it was just like distorted <laughs> speech. Yeah, the divine yeah. exchequer isn't here. <laughs> the so divine the, treasury, uh, the other place, the vault of eternal destitution. Yeah, <gasps> uh, the auction. Apparently, they believe in reincarnation, but you have to buy your new life. Because <laughs> he talks about it's so jokey. Well, that's God. kind of like it no, that's really like actually, Buddhism. That's just Buddhism, but with actual capital. That's the thing. I actually that it didn't feel too like I was like this all feels weirdly appropriate. I kind of like I like you because you feel like the Ferengi wouldn't have a religion at all, and the fact that they do, do, but it's so tied into their idea of capital. It's it's kind of amazing. I sort of I also love the idea of them auctioning off a new life. It all like it didn't feel as jokey as it could have. I really Honestly, felt Honestly, that real. part that part is probably the most believable part for me, like culturally, you know, yeah. Nog, the cultural Nog's world auction. The the yeah, the well no, well that, no, too, that but too, like but we'll get to that. But the idea oh, of yeah, like um the idea of of like a a transactional nature to reincarnation, reincarnation. Mm. like that sort of thing that that can seep in from a culture into concepts of the afterlife because i think of like you know um the pennies on the eyes certain yeah the pennies on the eyes or or no but i'm thinking more like in terms of like chinese concepts of heaven and I'm forgetting which particular oh when people like of. burn money and other like paper things. But, 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 but I'm thinking there. of like heaven as a bureaucracy because like for so long like the Chinese Empire was this gigantic bureaucracy, this huge just mass of bureaucrats. You See, know, and it was a big deal like taking the taking the the bureaucratic test to get a bureaucratic job. So yeah. that seeped in culturally into concepts of the afterlife. It's just the terminology like that gets rattled off. The divine treasury, the vault of eternal destitutions. Like, okay, this is we're getting a little heavy handed here, but this is also not a serious episode. When also it just felt like like it would feel wrong if their concept of the afterlife was anything else. That's also true. It's, I also they wrote themselves into a corner with the Ferengi. Kinda. They kind of did. But um. What oh, but yeah. Go ahead. I, I was gonna, I was about yeah. to change the subject, so if I was yeah, honest. I was gonna go back to the to the to the opening scene. Oh, um But go ahead. Oh yes, yes, the auction. We wanted to, I thought that I, I liked that as an idea. Uh yeah, the coming of age yard sale, like it yeah. makes it's <laughs> that I thought was a particularly, you know, for for the world building that we got to see of the Ferengi, I thought that was one of the more elegant touches. That that was very like believable and real feeling. I yeah, like... my first my first thought was when um, they were trying to sell Julian a very raunchy Hollow program. Oh God, yeah! It's like, oh, Julian's gone through all those already. What are you doing? <laughs> Dax, Dax straight up bought porn for Julian. Yeah, I love it. I just and and the the, the like the forced like semi sarcastic smile on his face as he turns like, oh, thanks. Like that, that was just like this is more bro energy. I'm really yeah, thanks, bro. This. It's weird because like I'm friends with more women than men and. 
it would be super weird if any of my friends, male or female, bought me porn. Mm. And I can't imagine how weird it would be if a woman I'd had a thing for, even if I was over it, bought me porn. Like, that would be so strange. I've, there are definitely the, friendships that do that, though. Is it going to be the program that we're going to see next week with the spies? No, it was this. No, because it, no, it was no, like some pleasure, pleasure goddess. Pleasure goddess. Yeah, yeah. no, this was definitely know. something. It seems close. Uh, well, this is definitely, and this, this was written and sold under a pen name by Barkley. I, I said that. <laughs> I was like, the pleasure <laughs> goddess is just Troy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, but I mean, like this felt like at least, at least for me, like the kind of you know, the kind of thing it evokes for me is is any time that 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 I can think of where a friend would would just just to fuck with the other person would buy them something trashy. True. Like I've definitely I've had a friend, you know, I've I've got something in the mail. It's like this is this is a present for you. Enjoy this. Open it up. Like what is this trashy erotic novel? It's like it's sci-fi. You'll like it. And I'm like this is you're buying this because it's stupid, right? Yeah, I saw it in a, in a you know thrift shop and I thought of you. And now so I have is, a book called Sex and the High Command. You know what it is, too? This is, you know, we talk a lot about how we feel like they don't have enough sometimes of, like, merged... Kind of, like, the fact that a trill should be a combination of their previous personalities. Yes. I feel like, if anything, this is very much a part Jadzia, part Curzon move. Yeah. Like, Jadzia's kind of fucking with them. Curzon loves porn. <laughs> Curzon would definitely... Uh, be more serious about it. Curzon has unironically bought Cisco so much porn. <laughs> I mean, it's implied in an earlier episode that they had that they bought prostitutes, isn't it? Yeah, they they went. They've definitely gone to like brothels together. Yeah, and probably in the same. They have. Oh my god, they have totally touched dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just mm-hmm. want to say, you don't buy a prostitute. No, you you rent a prostitute. That's true. Well. You, Purchase services. Yes. Unless you're in the Orion system. Uh, in which case. Uh, yeah. God, thank God we don't see that shit anymore. Oh, oh, don't worry. There's going to be a really uncomfortable episode of Enterprise. Great, great. great. You know what we do see? Because I was going to bring up the Umox thing again. Oh, oh because, God. Like, I hate as, that. As much as, as much as this is a fun, silly episode, like, I almost didn't, I, like, I... I couldn't tell if I liked or hated it for a while. And then it was like the constantly bringing up Umox. That they, was like, nope, I, don't, I can't like this episode. Well, it's and, so and not much. just bringing it up, but Nog like tricking her into like ostensibly jerking him off. In front of his father. And his, and then his father asking for the same thing. It's like, dude, really? This is yeah. like, how we're done? I think Ugh. had they just left it at that one bit where they're talking Ferengi and you hear blah, 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 Umox, Umox blah, blah. Yeah. That, may, that would have been okay. That would have been like, all right, ha ha, we get it. Well, and besides, yeah, we already Quark's know Quark is a, a little creepy. Remember his uh, Davo mm-hmm. girl yeah. contracts from season yes. one? Yeah. But like, yeah, that was one thing in this episode I really could have done without. I hated it. Um, it was really ugly. I, I it hated was. it. Also, like, how old was Aaron at that point? 27, 28? Oh, yeah, all like, right. Never yeah, mind. No, we talked I, about it once. He was like 25 when the show started. Yeah, I forgot that he was so much older. It's still gross, but he looks like he's, you know, younger. Well, he's, yeah, he's, that's, that's the question is how old is Nog? I would assume 18. He's in the academy. Well, he's of age now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Since good. He can be tried as an adult too. for fucking sexually <laughs> assaulting that woman. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, that. Wait, sorry. Before we get too far from it. 
I do like that Worf bought the two shard tooth. Oh, sharper. that is cute. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of like. Uh, um, yeah, me too. Except that he like stuck it in his face before he took it home to fucking yeah, clean it. Yeah, I feel like he already bought it at that point. I'd, I'd yeah. like to say I'd like to assume it had been sterilized before it was on the table. Really? Yeah, it's, sterilization is really easy to come by, and yeah, know, but then the he's, he's going to put mean, it down if he doesn't buy it, and wait, then the somebody else is going to pick it. Here's the thing: in the 24th century, sterilization is a beam. So. They could I mean, for all you know, it's self-sterilizing. Yeah. Oh, so we can assume, well, though, fine. that, like, you know, maybe Klingons have, and maybe even Ferengi have that same thing, like how dogs' saliva actively cleans their teeth because it contains some chemical mm. that human saliva doesn't have. Well, some Klingon saliva isn't doing enough work. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will say Worf's klingon teeth are yeah. usually pretty clean. Yeah, Although, speaking clean. of teeth, I never noticed, maybe it's just because there's a lot of close-ups of him this week, Bronze, uh, that one sideways. That's always been there. Oh, God, yeah. Really? But yes, Man. it was more obvious this week because there were close. Yeah, that's a rom staple. I hate it. Hate yeah. that fucking tooth. Yeah, no, that tooth's always been there. And knowing that they have teeth sharpeners, he could have, you know, filed that down. Yeah. Well, I, we don't know how far up the nerve goes, though. Probably. Uh, well, I wonder I don't if know. the tooth sharpening is a practical thing, like maybe because of their diets. Mm. Mm. I assumed it was just kind of in the way that like rats and other types of small mammals sometimes will have to have their teeth clipped if they get too long. I Um, also loved that Odo, he shows up and it's straight up immediately. He's like, I'm here. I don't give a fuck about this time travel shit. I don't like, yeah, I guess that's happening around me. But but my eyes have been on Quark the whole time. That's all. That's just he's just tunnel vision. Just shows up and he's like, Quark, what did you do? Well, he also made sure the ship was working. Yeah, there's that, too. Also, yeah, there's definitely something psychological about Odo unable to do human faces. If he can do a goddamn dog <laughs> With and fur. its shitload of hair and its cute little snout and all this, like, Aww, you know, all the complex-ass animals he can be and he can't make a face. It's probably it's traumatic. He probably... Well, they've even hinted at the fact that there's a psychological element, but I feel like that proves it. Well, I think he's also, like, it's now established that that is his face, like... Yeah. If he suddenly started doing a perfect Rene Arbogenois impression, people would notice. Yeah. I mean, like, don't you look like that old actor from the 20th century? Jesus. I feel like if they'd wanted, they could have like maybe gradually changed the makeup over seasons as he got better at it. But they especially true. But especially now that they've established that's just kind of what the founders default to, I feel like that would just confuse things. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe it's, uh, you know, they say that like when you dream about someone, you usually like if it's someone you don't actually know, you kind of composite people you actually do know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it would just be really weird for him to like make himself have Kira's nose, but like Bashir's brow ridge and you know what I mean? Like worse teeth. I do wish I do wish he'd kept the Cruzado hair. I did like the hair. Uh, Um, Though actually the other thing I was thinking, I don't know, like maybe it's just. Maybe it's a lot of fucking work to do dog hair, and if mm. he has to spend more of his time as Odo face, it's probably just easier not to bother with the high detail. Yeah. I actually had two things I wanted to comment on. And speaking of Odo, it's actually the perfect lead-in. I noticed this week that the makeup on everybody was really rough. Like, the Ferengi looked really, really craggy, and Odo's nose looked like, he looked like one of the spies in Spy vs. Spy. Like, it was really, <laughs> I don't know. 
Liz and I decided that maybe someone was on vacation in makeup. I don't know if in anybody makeup, else yeah. noticed that or if I was just being picky. I mean, they're definitely the they looked more sickly and sallow almost. I was wondering also, you know, but like DS9 hasn't been remastered, so it couldn't really be like an HD effect it or anything. It could have like been the lighting, because I feel like they were definitely I wondered about the lighting, lighting too. a lot of the like past scenes differently than they would have normally. No, so but even because I because I mentioned lighting and Caitlin Caitlin pointed out that we were seeing it like on you know on the ship which oh, has you were? okay yeah has yeah lighting it started that, from the start we, we're seeing that because mean... we we're also seeing a lot of close ups on the Ferengi which we don't That's usually true. get yeah and I know as Ames pointed out they did slightly change Nog's makeup a couple of weeks ago because mm. they wanted him to look older also he I really like uh, Nog pulling phase, a corpsmite maneuver say again which one uh, sorry. Uh, I guess both of you, but Liz first. Uh, I speaking of Nog, it just made me realize that he he pulled a Corbomite maneuver at the end, uh, the, toward the end of the episode, and you know, oh yeah, was, kind of, yeah, yeah, good job, Nog. Hmm. Jake, yeah, I don't know, like what was? I mean, he says all that. I didn't really know why. I think it was just a hail mary play, like oh god, yeah. what else can oh, get we'll, us we'll out just of here? Freak him out, yeah. yeah. And he knows a lot about humans, especially back then humans and. Mm. Just looking at my notes, and one of the things where uh, Quark was like, I'm gonna sell warp to the Ferengi, we'll, we'll beat all these people like this, that, and the Vulcans. It's like, yeah, the Vulcans already have warp. <laughs> nice yeah, job. but yeah. Quark doesn't know that. No, no, that's it. Yeah. I also, there was a line from Rom I'd forgotten about, which I thought was kind of great. I've always been smart, I just lacked self-confidence. Yes. Yeah, that's his character entirely. Yeah. And, and maybe that's why I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> what I think what I think is nice is that it feels like that his growing self-confidence is directly correlated to his son's arc. Like yeah. they're really helping each other along with this. Like it's mm. it's really nice. It was the impetus. It was it was what ramped up his self-confidence because yeah. he had to stand up for his son yeah. against Quark, who's constantly being a dick, even on even on this day, this special day of coming of age yard sale. Um, Such an asshole. So yeah, I mean, once he realized he could do that, once once that door was open, now it's yeah. just like I could just stand up to him for me too. That's that sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and that that whole thing with the um, what was it called? Not ketamine. Um, <laughs> Ketracite or something like Ket- that. Yeah, chemocyte. Where uh, Rom worked out that there's chemocyte, and then him and Nog take a cut that obviously they're not going to get now, but. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not actually question. enlisted yet, so I'll take ten. <laughs> when when did Rom learn all this temporal physics? Because I can understand mm. saying, okay, okay, Rom's always been smart. He just lacks self confidence, and he he you know is just under Quark's thumb all the time. But he actually knows like some engineering. But there's a big jump between being able to fix the ship and failing at it. And learning temporal physics and succeeding at it. Well, I think that was less he knew it. It was just like, he basically was like, all right, I know what I did on the way there. I can probably recreate the accident. And it was just dumb luck, frankly, that it got yeah. him to right when they left. Yeah, that's... that's... <laughs> he had a 5% mm-hmm. chance or less of actually getting it right. He's just really yeah. lucky. But so maybe convenient. this is an inborn trait of the Ferengi because the previous episode we saw Quark reach blindly into <laughs> a, a missile to disarm it and he managed. So. All Ferengi actually have an unnaturally high luck stat. Plus yeah. six. Yep. Unless, they, you know, they unless they have, unless that, they have that device. Yes. 
That thing oh, that uh, yeah, that's... right from Rivals. Oh, that episode. Why? Wait, which device? Remember the thing that was the, was the luck oh, device? God. Yeah. yeah the little... Oh yeah. So that, oh, that really thing. shitty episode. That yeah, episode I remember was it. Crash. Oh, what was that? Season one or two? That was early. I feel it like it might have been two. Yeah, it sounds right. So bad. Yeah, we can just forget that. Again. Waste of a good actor too. Mm. The goddamn shame. Uh, uh yeah. yeah. I've got a, one last quote in here in my notes. Oh, I. Don't you people have laws against that? Not when it comes to national security. I had that note too. Oh. Thank you for reminding me. It's a good me. thing that's not relevant anymore. No, never. Yeah, no. dude. The further into the series we get, the more uncomfortable some of this shit gets. Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, wait till we get to like in a couple of weeks. We're gonna get to yeah. Home Front and Paradise Lost. Oh yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But what are we getting to before that? Well, Chris. I'm glad you asked. Next Thank week God. on A Star to Steer Her By, we're going to be talking about two episodes, The Sword of Kaelas and our man Bashir. So excited. I know, I am too. I feel like our man Bashir has been a high point that I've been hearing about since the beginning, so I'm excited to finally tackle it. We've got to stop spoiling things for Caitlin. No, yes. I mean, they haven't told me about it. I just know it's great. This was, this Please, was hype. The first thing Liz said when we got to Deep Space Nine was... I want to be on for our man Bashir. Like oh, Liz said to me she wanted to be on our man Bashir before we even got to TNG, I think. Fine, this is what I'm saying. I assumed <laughs> that Liz would not choose the shittiest episode in the series for her. Like, oh, you're saying one, Liz is there. also going to be back? My God. I know, dude. <laughs> it's all part of our plan, really. She and I sound a lot alike on tape, but she's always smarter, so eventually I'll just be shuffled away and... <laughs> All right, stop being rum. Fair enough. All right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you uh, liked what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find a star to steer her by wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook by searching for a star to steer her by. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast. You can find us at our home on the web at SSHBpodcast.com. That's S is in Sam, S is in Sam. <laughs> H is I can't even I can't as in Herbert H H is Ah. in ham B is in boy podcast uh fancy sorry I don't know why Uh, (laughs) fucking Archer Archer oh M is in Mancy yes sorry uh uh, no no B is in Bancy please continue Sterling Archer not Captain Archer please end Uh, please end end this I have to, like, reset my brain now. I did a thing. They found the, the website. <laughs> um, are you laughing at me? Stop. Sorry, you're distracting you're, me. You're funny. I'm not being funny. My brain stopped working. You're doing great, uh, Caitlin. You're just, you're doing so good. Sh- fuck you, okay? Fucking sound clown. <laughs> <laughs> you want to uh, check us out at fuckjake.com. Uh, all right. Anyway, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. And this continues to be Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Still no rules of acquisition. No, there was a rule of acquisition this week. What was it? It was like 203. It was a bad one. New customers are like fair, fair, fair worms. They can be succulent, but sometimes they bite back. How did you not write that down? I didn't notice it. It was a big scene. Oh. Oh, my God. It's also one of the few Rom says. He probably just made it up. But up, up, but up, up.
you know, they haven't gone. And they both seen Keiko's butthole, so you know, they got that in common. Yikes! What did you say? I missed it. But, it's not uh, worth repeating. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, just like, cut it. 